team is so excited to introduce Keisha King-Brown. She is the visionary founder of Loyalty Centric, a brand that has revolutionized the way businesses engage with their customers. With over 20 years of experience, Keisha not only brings her expertise in marketing, but also her passion, her passion for technology, for growth, and helping companies succeed by prioritizing the customer lens. But Keisha's journey to entrepreneurship was not an easy one. Overcoming numerous challenges and odds, Keisha merged her personal mission with her professional expertise to create something that truly made a difference in the world. And her journey did not stop there. She continued to push boundaries of what was possible and created a company that has reshaped the way we think about business, technology, and customers. Join me today as Keisha talks about everything from marketing to entrepreneurship to motherhood and, well, life overall. Keisha, thank you so much for coming on to the Power Up with Manal podcast. When I saw you book some time, I was so excited because for for many facets, one, you are just an incredible person. To just to have you highlight who you are and why you do the things you do, I think will make an impact to others out there that either are not following their passions or want to and, you know, haven't really gotten there yet. Um, from the work that you do, Keisha, you own, you're a CEO and president of your company called Client Centric. And in today's world, um, with the, the digital innovation, AI, multi-generational clients that we're having to target, um, more than ever today, brand, client, and loyalty is important. And I don't know if we fully understand it. So I think your value is going to be just exponential here on the show. Um, so to kick us off, could you please do an introduction on who Keisha is and what took you to the path of entrepreneurship? Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Um, so I have one of those non-traditional career paths, right? So I spent most of my career in, you know, Fortune 200 retail. Um, I ran markets for companies like Best Buy and the Old Navy side of Gap, but I was always that person that never followed the playbook and I always got my hand slapped. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do anything against the rules or unethical, but, you know, I kind of had my, the way that Keisha wanted to do it um, because, you know, I wanted to start with the customer um, and I wanted to get deep in the customer. I want to understand the zip codes around the markets, their cultures, what are their behaviors? Um, what does that look like when we engage with them? Do we understand how to interact with different cultures? So I would go really deep with that before I would even help people with their sales strategies or their leadership strategies or anything like that. Um, luckily it paid off and I didn't get fired from either of those companies. Um, but, um, you know, it allowed us to play at the top 5% of both companies, um, doing it that way, starting with the customer. And at Best Buy, I was able to help create customer programs from a company standpoint. I was actually the leader at Gap that was tapped on the shoulder to help the CEO create their loyalty program when they first started it. Uh, and test it and roll it out. It all started in my market. And that was pretty awesome. And, you know, I had this great career in retail, but I also had a son and he was about to, I think, either go into preschool. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Preschool or kindergarten. And I was like, you know, what? I want to be there for all the things. 
right? Um, and they had me traveling everywhere to help different parts of the company. And so I came out of retail. I started coaching business owners around how to connect the dots between customers and employees and financials and leadership. And, you know, then at some point I, I met some people, rebranded myself on LinkedIn. Uh, only way I could figure out how to rebrand myself because people don't really understand retail outside of the stores. Um, and I started working with an AI marketing company um, that was a startup. And so I kind of learned some entrepreneurial things there and the startup aspect. But, you know, I started thinking to myself, you know, when I was coaching the business owners and working for this company as well, there was a piece missing. People didn't understand the customer piece. They're so, let me get a customer acquisition, acquisition, but they weren't keeping customers and the experience wasn't as good as it could be. And I was thinking, how can I help business owners do the same thing I helped Best Buy do or the same thing I helped Gap do um, and make it accessible for them? Because most systems or programs out there, they're not affordable. They're for enterprise companies. And that's how Loyalty Centric was born. That's why I created my company so that I could help small business owners uh, stay in business, know how to engage their customers and, and keep them um, and drive more more revenue and also have the flexibility. My son just turned nine now, so um, he does all the things. And so I could really balance the, the two of those things. Wow. I love all that. I love that you took your past experiences and created sort of a future path for yourself that fit your mold and your life and probably fueled a little bit of your passion a little more, right? Um, that's that's so admirable. Um, in regards to your company and loyalty, because this is a very hard space. It sounds easy, but it's not, right? Um, having, retaining clients and continuously engaging your clients has been a challenge forever. Whether we are in the internet age, non-internet age, AI age, it's always a challenge. Maybe a little bit more today because there is so much visibility that it's easy to sort of shift and change, right? So kind of talk to us about the core of what loyalty means and maybe also breaking a little bit of the stigma around loyalty where you know, we think about it from a restaurant or grocer perspective. Like I'm sure there are industries out there that haven't tapped into what their potential could be in this space. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of times we feel like loyalty is synonymous with customer satisfaction and it's not, right? right? Um, loyalty is so far beyond just satisfying your customers. It's what are you doing different for them when it comes to connecting with them, understanding them as a person, um, understanding how to meet their needs. And really a key piece is how are you engaging them beyond the transaction? How are you building a relationship beyond the transaction? And that's where we fall short. We do all this work around getting to know people and having these calls. And as soon as they make a purchase, we've moved on to the next customer. Um, and that's why a lot of people have issue with their customer lifetime value and their, and their retention rates is because they really don't have a system in place to engage their customers beyond the transaction. So at some point, no matter what your sales cycle is, they'll come back to you and or they're constantly referring to you. Um, and so that is really um, a big thing that I focus on when I'm talking to people. And you mentioned, you know, the industries, you know, it started in restaurants and retails, but um, and the pandemic accelerated how it kind of just 
was set on fire across every industry. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to people recently who are really excited about loyalty programs, insurance agents and financial services. Um, think about how many of them, and I think it's probably all of them, they survive on referrals if they're a business owner. They're not like a big company. The big insurance companies and financial services companies actually have loyalty programs. But the business owner at that level thinks that it doesn't apply to them. And it really does because if you can engage and reward the people that refer you, whether it's your clients or people in your professional ecosystem, you will constantly have this flow of clients and people that want to stay with you and you're differentiating between the other ones. You know, there's realtors that are like, hey, I want to put plumbers and roofers and title agents and pool guys in my loyalty system so that I'm the first person they think of when they refer me, um, you know? And so it really is applicable across industries and you can use it differently. MailChimp, for instance, you wouldn't really think of MailChimp when you think of a loyalty program. A lot of people don't know about it because it's not for customers. They reward marketers so that the marketers will refer their service and their business to their clients. Yeah. Um, Dropbox also has one where they reward for referrals. And so there's all these different ways that you can utilize a loyalty program to really engage not only customers, but those who are business professionals, you know, that you partner with as well to accelerate your business. So what I'm hearing, Keisha, and this is such so great, so great, because from a loyalty and user-centric perspective, we actually just had another podcast where we talked about product strategy and how product strategy is falling because they're not putting the user base first, right? And it always come back, comes back to that foundation. But I'm hearing a lot of things that maybe business owners don't know how to do, which is having visibility, right? And understanding data right? Um, and it becomes a little cumbersome, right? Like if you are a small to medium-sized business owner and you have a plethora of data points in front of you, it's overwhelming when you're playing multiple hats and running your business, right? How do you, one, educate them? And then two, how do you, how do you simplify it so they are more in tune with their customer base and how, what levers it can really pull in their business to drive forward, right? Before it's too late, right? Usually what happens is things are going well, so you don't think about it. And then things start, not, you know, you're losing, you know, customer base or revenue, but you're realizing it because of your top line, not because you understand your customers, right? So what can, how is the power of data going to help them be more strategic in sort of their future growth and, you know, sustaining um, year after year growth? Yeah, I love that question. Financial acumen was actually one of the things I would teach at the two companies that I work for. Um, and so I'm a big data person. Um, and because of that, you know, one of the ways I help people is we've put into the loyalty system that we have, there's 20 plus key performance indicators um, or, you know, financial numbers that help you understand what in the world is going on with my business from a customer perspective. Um, and are my efforts doing anything? What's the ROI on that? So you can see customer lifetime value and I help them understand what that looks like. Um, you can see repeat purchase rate, retention rate. Um, you can understand where your how much referral revenue you have and is it coming from emails? Is it coming from direct sending, sending a link? It breaks it down to that level. 
even will tell you, let's say that you had a customer, they've been with you for two years, all of a sudden they ghosted you, but you found a way to re-engage them somehow and now they're coming back. Well, that's called recaptured revenue. We track that too. Um, and so one of the ways is, you know, when people get my system or even just when I'm talking to people in networking groups, I will talk to them about, I'll ask questions first. I'm a very questions-based person. I'll ask them, hey, you know, what kind of return are you getting on your customer efforts or on the system that you're using? And how do you know? How many, what's your customer lifetime value? Do you know that? And do you know how to care? And I'll just educate people to help them understand, one, what it is, how it applies specifically to their business, and then why it's important to help people continue to come back and, and do business with them. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So well said. Um, we we sort of lose the value of how important it is to have visibility on our financials, our metrics, and know what to measure. But because it's so hard out there, we also don't realize that having somebody, Keisha, like what you are doing, like hiring somebody to do this for you, what the ROI could be in comparison to you sitting there frustrated at the end of the night after long days of work, trying to do it yourself and not really accomplishing. Imagine how much faster and better and, you know, uh, more strategic you can get, you know, and we, we sort of miss that as well because we feel like as new business owners or solopreneurs or, or starting a new company, like you sort of have to do it all yourself, you know, and we, we need to learn the power of leverage and leverage isn't just financial. It is the leverage of people and skill sets that you need in order to be successful um, and, you know, maybe also mitigate some risk, right? Right. Absolutely. Um, yes. So this, this, you are so, I love, I love how you are all about the client and you're all about data. Two very important things. You can tell that you have passion for it. So <laughs> that's what you need, right? Um in your entrepreneurial journey, uh, because I imagine, you know, you've gone through a lot of challenges, you know, you've sort of broken out of, you know, your corporate realm, you started your own company, um, you're a mother, and I'm sure you have so much more on your plate. Um, you know, kind of talk about the lessons that you learned as a going into sort of running, starting your own business. And if, if there were things that you could have you know, change or done differently, what would they be? Sure. Yeah, I think one of the big things I've learned is, you know, and we do this a lot as business owners, we assume that people know more than they know, right? And so I think when I first came out and I had been in, you know, corporate type businesses for so long, like loyalty was and customer experience and all these things, like that was a common place, whether they did it well or not. Um, so I just, you know, you assume a business owner would understand the importance of that and the things that go into it. And um, that was not. Were you, throwing, were you throwing big words out there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about it and they're just looking at me like, mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> one of the things I think I would, I don't think I started with the most simple level of education. I think I started with some assumptions, right? Um, and I think when you do that, it, it slows you down. Um, because people aren't always going to tell you they don't know what you're talking about. They aren't always going to tell you they don't get why your, you know, your system makes sense for them. Um, they're just not going to call you. <laughs> they're, just, they're just not, you know, they're like, oh, you did a great video on LinkedIn, but that's it. Right. 
um, but they don't get it. And so I would have taken a step back and assessed knowledge level and, and done some more education at a different level to start with. Um, I think that probably would have help me accelerate, you know, what my, what I'm trying to do and accomplish a lot quicker. Um, you know, I think the other thing is, um, I would probably honestly have a better balance in the beginning. I'm a big person on collaboration. It's another thing I did in big, big retail that they looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, well, your appliance sales were down, go call realtors and partner with them. They're like, we don't do that. Right. Why not? Um, but you know, and so, you know, I think I probably went more in on collaborations and which I wouldn't change doing that, but I think I would balance that better with um, some of the other efforts that I was doing around the educational piece and really getting, I didn't initially go out in person and network. I was only networking online. You know, you build relationships faster in person. Um, and so I would have done more of those things um, in addition to some of the great collaborations that I built with some other complimentary businesses um, on behalf of clients as well as on behalf of, of my business too. That's, that's really well said. You know, I do feel that the power and the value of networking is maybe missed or undervalued by many individuals. Um, I know that was a big lesson for me because, you know, when I started my career and I flourished in my career in banking, I, there was a gap and the gap was networking because I worked really hard. I put my head down and had the best numbers. And, you know, you just, you, you have this very, you know, I would say you, you believe that your hard work is going to get you the, the, places that you want to be. And I think it's the same when you're starting a business or entrepreneurship, right? And you learn very quickly that being at the right place with the right people makes a difference. And it's not just for your business health, it's also for your mental health, which eventually leads to better business. And that is something I didn't put together. Like the the energy and the the motivation after leaving you know, maybe even as small as it is, like a meetup with other, you know, individuals doing the same thing, but they're talking about, man, you know, uh, challenges or parent guilt, and here's what I've gone through. And, and you know, we're, we're sort of now talking about, you know, all the issues we are facing and all the successes and the small wins that we're celebrating together. Like, I feel like that is so important because we're human. We need that. We need energy and we need to be fueled, um, either it be our personal or business. But I feel like when you're better from a mindset perspective, you will be better at business as well. Yeah. And I think to your point, it made me think of something when you talk about being surrounded by the right people and it also impacting your mindset and things. I had to also get good at finding people who not just encouraged my business, thought it was awesome, wanted to collaborate, but understood my priority value of family. Right. Because there's a lot of people that I would partner with and they'd be like, hey, we're going to go do this in, you know, a different state. And I'm like, well, I can't do that. Clearly, I have a kid and he's in school. Well, can't you just figure that out or just have somebody? I, that's not that doesn't align with me. And then I started to find those partners who are like, you know, what? I, I totally get that. Um, you know, maybe we can do it this way. Go ahead. I love that you're prioritizing your son. Like there's like this difference from one end of the pendulum to the other. 
Um, and some of them are even women, right? Um, but really making sure that it's not just a good fit for my business, who I'm around, but also makes sense for what I prioritize in my family life, as you mentioned as well. And those that do, they knew who my son is. He likes to Zoom bomb, but you know, they oh. ask about him. <laughs> he, what, what is, am I missing it? What is Zoom bomb? You know, when you're doing a Zoom call, you, you might, you've probably seen on Facebook. Oh, oh like, like, yeah, and like, yeah, just okay. up and you're, they randomly pop up and you know, with him, he has a lightsaber. So he starts talking to the people like it's his meeting, you know? Oh, I um, love that. I love that. But, you know, making sure that people also are aligned with your personal values right, and support that and cheer you on around that as well. Yeah, I know that's that's very important. And I feel like another lesson maybe I learned to that point is that I spent so much of my life separating work, kids, being a wife, uh, just a good daughter, right? Daughter-in-law, uh, friends, social, professional, like I just put everything in buckets. I think my big turning point was when I actually put it all in one ecosystem and I started pursuing my life based on my values and goals. And that automatically changed who I partner with, who I sit at the table with, who my inner circle is, um, how I approach um, boundaries, right? Because I think that was very important too. And so having that mindset shift, I think helps, especially with individuals that have a lot on their plate or have a lot of dependents. Dependents don't always necessarily mean children, right? It can come in many forms. And I think, I think it helps you integrate your life so much better and you stop sort of, you know, throwing like bubbles. Like I think about like, you know, you just throw these things that stick at the wall and they're like everywhere splattered and somehow you got to fit it all together in this like short window that you have in the day and you're not really strategically planning your priorities, you know? Right. That's you just right. have guilt. You have more guilt than anything. <laughs> That's right. That's so good. Yes. Um, so as, as we talk about, you know, clients, we are in a very interesting phase, I would say, right? We have a huge sort of generational clientele, you know, um, especially like you were talking about financial services industry and insurance, right? Like you have, uh, what is it? Like almost like a 48% transfer of wealth happening in the United States, right? From baby boomers onto, you know, individuals that are inheriting it, which are a lot younger. Um, so what worked for them, you know, with their main clientele may no longer work, but then they also have to juggle both clients, right? Because they're both still their clients. How do you approach this from a client-centric and loyalty perspective? Um, and why should business owners think about this more? Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I always will ask, you know, kind of about, about what their client base is or what their target audience is, because people do respond to loyalty um, programs and the loyalty focus very differently. Um, I don't know if I should put this out here, but I'm in Gen X, <laughs> right? Um, you know, we're we're the people who grew up where we kind of transitioned from all this manual stuff to digital and technology, right? Um, we're also the brand um, that is the most, or the the generation that's the most loyal. And so once we, we find are a so brand, so loyal, girl, so loyal. 
work Sometimes life, before. everything. I stayed, I remember staying at one company for like 15 years and people are looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, but this is how it is. There's exactly. my badge of honor. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We do that with, with where we work. We do that with the brands that we interact with. Um, and like, if you can, if you can engage a Gen Xer, you probably can keep them for life if you have something continually going on because they are, um, they are so loyal. Um, but they also like things that are simple. They want a process that's very simple, um, minimal friction. They're not trying to deal with all of those things either. Um, in general, you know, younger generations right now are driving loyalty programs. If you think about um, millennials, they're all over social media, right? Social media is key. If they can't connect with you on social media, they don't care about your loyalty program or anything else that they're doing, you're doing with them. Um, and they're also very mobile based, right? So if your loyalty program doesn't have a mobile app, you could lose out on that growing um, generation, right? Um, if you think about uh, baby boomers, um, you know, they don't really care about social media. Um, they might be on it. They're trying to see some grandkids, but they're not really <laughs> engaging with businesses that way. So you have to find a different way to engage with them, um, but you have to also educate them and help them understand why the punch cards, you know, the punch cards you used to get for loyalty, why those are no longer effective um, because they sometimes, you know, are so used to the traditional uh, pieces. They're open to learning, but it goes back to the education piece that you were talking about. Um, that's really important with, with, the, uh, with the baby baby boomers. Yeah, that's true. So having a multi-generational strategy matters more than it ever. I it, it does. And that's, and that's why it's important to have whatever system you have. You don't have to have loyalty centric. You can have whatever system you want, but you need to make sure it has customer segmentation built into it so that you can connect with each of the generations um, and meet them where they are and where they want to be. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That is so true. Um, you know, we are also living in an age where a new technology age, right? Where AI is rapidly evolving. Um, how do you, well, one, do, do you use it in your business? As a business owner, how can you benefit from it, right? Mm -hmm. And then two, how does it impact what you provide to other customers? Yeah. So like I said earlier, I, I worked for an AI marketing company. So I got to learn all kinds of awesome things about uh, AI and uh, uh, educate and speak and present on it and all these other kind of things, which is that's it's pretty cool. Um, but yes, I use it in my business. Um, so um, I'm one of the people that you know the, the millions of billions of people that uses AI Chat GPT, and I'm starting to help educate others how they can use it. You know, as more than like a Google search, right? How can it truly enable you to connect more with customers? You can use it to do customer and market research. Um, I mean, all these different things that people really don't understand how to use it for that can impact your customer experience and your customer loyalty. Um, and then, you know, our system has AI built into it. We're about to add um, chat GPT because there's text and email marketing to help you do an even better job personalizing your messaging and connecting. Um, and we use it for some dynamic things so that some of um, meaning that, you know, so for as an example, Let's say I'm going to do an offer and the offer, you know, is starts, you know, it ends 10 days from the day you open this email. 
well, you may open your email tomorrow and I may open my email next week. We shouldn't have the same dates of the 10 days as dynamic. So the AI understands when did somebody open it? When should the 10, 10 days end? And just different things like that to make um, some of the features dynamic and customizable and agile for, you know, whoever is using it uh, for your, your customers and your, your loyalty members. Wow. Like, I feel like, you know, if we are, if we allow ourselves to embrace the positivity of the speed and agility AI can give us, one, it makes it as a business owner, your life is so much more efficient, like period, right? Um, and then what you can provide to clients, like you said, and the di how dynamic you can make it, like it just makes us better. Like it's fueling us in a better way, right? It's making us smarter. And um, I love it. I also use a lot of AI in my life. Um, uh, one of my favorite marketing AIs is jasper.ai. And I say this all the time, like, I don't know who Jasper is, but if I could go hug this bot, I totally would. <laughs> because I can literally come back from like a long day of other things, right? Work and whatnot. And let's say, you know, I really have, you know, an inner desire or passion to put out a blog about a certain topic. Like I can literally put down my bullets, right? Um, and it's, and of what I want it to sound like. And I create my own, I created my own branding in there. So it knows how I approach uh, uh, basically life, mindset, how I speak, right? I kind of branded it. So now it can take what I want, what I want to get done. It takes it and puts it in my own brand. And it's like two minutes, mm -hmm. literally two minutes. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the machine learning portion of AI. Um, and that's why the learning word is in there. You know, it uses, you know, algorithms, which I'll tell you, it's just a fancy word for a set of rules. Um, people throw that word out all the time um, to help, you know, Jasper or whatever you're using uh, with AI to learn to learn you. It can also learn customer behaviors, which is very helpful for business owners. Um, it can help you understand what's going on in real time. It can help you serve up your business in real time, right? So AI can go out there and go, you know what? Right now, someone is searching for the type of podcast that Manal has. So I'm going to show her business right now. And I'm not going to show it to them when they're not looking for it. it like it, it can do all of that. It, it really adds a real time aspect and really can make sure that, you know, customers get annoyed when they get these ads or these emails that have nothing to do. If you send me something about tennis or golf or, you know, fishing, you're like, why am I getting this? Right. Well, well now we know what Keisha doesn't like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you, you know, but AI can say, you know what? Keisha is always searching for Jordan shoes because her child wears Jordans and we're going to, when she's searching, maybe now, boom, we're going to send her a promotion for it. Show her where they are on sale in that specific moment. That's where you get customers where they don't care that you're using their data. They don't care that you're using, you know, additional technology because you're using it on their behalf in service to them to make their lives easier, their experience better, et cetera. Yeah, no, that's, that's so well said. So Keisha, you have so much going on. You do so much. How do you 
Um, and you're so well knowledge, like your breadth of knowledge and what you know and how you continuously learn, like you retain and know so much, which helps you in many facets. How do you do it? Like, what are your sort of secrets to, you know, continuously um, gaining, you know, knowledge and evolving with the way technology is evolving? Yeah. So I think, you know, you mentioned early passion. I have a passion for technology. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I've just had that all my life. But according to, you know, the Strengths Finder survey you take from Gallup, apparently Learner is in my top five as well. And so um, I am always asking questions. So if I meet someone who has a new technology, I want to have a meeting with them and I want to understand, tell me about your technology. How does it work? How can it help customers? Is there a way that we can collaborate? Um, you know, and then, you know, working with different companies, even since I've been out of retail, I learned a lot from the AR marketing company. I, I worked with another startup that was a SaaS company. Um, and then I'll do a lot of research. I buy a lot of books. I listen to, um, you know, when people have webinars and different things where I feel like, you know what, I don't know about this and maybe it can help me continue to help customers. I just, I it's just naturally, I just do that. Um, you know, and then as far as just everything going on, I've always been that person who I'm like, okay, I need to map out what are the things that I have to do in what priority order and when can they get done in between my son's Taekwondo or this business meeting or this podcast and just really trying to keep organized around those different things um, so that nothing slips through the cracks. But I make sure that I never compromise on the things aligned with my value. Uh, my son knows I'm going to be there when I need to be there for his school stuff for Taekwondo. Um, and if I have to call somebody and say, you know what, I'm sorry, there's a last minute school program. They forgot to send the email. Can I reschedule you? Then that's what I'm going to do. But I'm building relationships at a level that I have a credibility where people are, are OK with that. Um, and it's not going to turn them off. That's that's really yeah, that's really good, because I think, you know, there was a time where we, you know, we're almost ashamed to do that, right? Yes, absolutely. There was right? I mean, there was a time we were almost ashamed to do that. Like I would be scared. <laughs> I remember at times in my career to say, oh, I have to take the day off because my kids have this, right? Because the the culture or the surrounding around me kind of was like, oh, look at her. You know, she's leaving again for to to man her kids. And then it took me a while to grow up out of that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like I really need to rethink my priorities and my values because I am not doing anything wrong, nor am I sacrificing uh, the value of my output, right? It may be even better because I have more motivation. And I had to learn that the hard way. And then I started implementing that as a leader. So my anybody around me felt that, like they should feel that that is okay. You know what I mean? And that goes for many, many aspects of life. But I think, you know, understanding that at the end of the day, life is short. And understanding the values of what we have in our life and wanting to be there, like there's nothing wrong with that. And if you're in a spot where it is deemed as wrong, then, you know, maybe you have to stay in that spot for a little bit, but definitely like you got to find your exit because there's so much, especially nowadays, with all the visibility out there, like you can make an exit and have a better integration of your life and your work, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think the cool thing about being an entrepreneur or a business owner is you create your own culture. Right. 
But you got to be careful how you set the tone, right? right? So that people do understand what that looks like for you, where your boundaries are and where they need to be flexible. So how do you as a leader instill that culture? Well, you know, I think I'm really upfront about it. Um, And I did like you, I had to get used to not caring what people thought or said, right? Um, Because like I said, I've had several people try to influence me otherwise. And I'm like, look, I told you up front before I agreed to partner with you, this is important to me. I'm not doing webinars on Sundays. That's a family day. Um, I can't do this at this time because I'm in the carpool line, Um, (laughs) you know, and just letting them know up front what that looks like. I think it, I think it's very similar to if you run a big team in a corporate environment, you have to let them know what's going to be the culture for this team that we have, but you can't compromise it and you have to set the tone up front. I think sometimes people get enough pushback, they'll compromise for this person here or there. And then it's kind of like people start going, oh, well, I think it's situational for her. Maybe she'll do it this time. Let's keep pushing her. Um, you have to really stand your ground, um, and but you have to let them know up front. You can't wait till something happens. You have to let them know up front and then remind them when something happens. Yeah, no, that's that's good. So what does Keisha do when she's not working or momming? <laughs> Is there another time? I don't know. Where's this another um, I'm usually momming. Um, I do. Uh, I like to spend, I mean, I like to spend time with family. Um, I have family that lives in the area, my sister and brother-in-law, and I have three nieces uh, that are, you know, 12, nine, and four going on 14. Um, my mom, <laughs> yeah, my mom lives in the area. And so we do things together. We'll go hang out together and do different things um, as a family as well. Sometimes I'll go out with friends just to get a a mom break and, you know, we'll just meet for dinner or, uh, you know, go to an event or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Um, It has been so nice to have you on the show. You're so well-rounded, Keisha, and I learn from you every time. Um, how How does a business owner out there that is seeking your services find you? And um, how can they reach you so they can gain some of the values that you've shared today? Absolutely. Um, You spoke about social media uh, earlier. I am all over LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn by my name. Um, I'm also on Facebook, same thing. Um, And you can also go to loyaltycentric.tech to my website. Oh, I love that you have dot tech in there. Look at you. Look at you. You're building your brand through what you're fueling your business with. I love it. Look at that. That is the way. And I, I have to correct myself. I think at the beginning, I called your uh, company customer centric, right? It's loyalty centric. Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Keisha, for being on. This has been so great. And I hope people are motivated out there and really just start taking uh, charge and leveraging the beauty and the value of all the partners that you can have out there, just like Keisha and technology, like use it, baby. This is it. <laughs> this, this is, is it. it. This is the time. You're behind this is the time. if you're not. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs>